You're trying to do an unsettling Joker smile. And it's not really working. No, I'm not. I'm just doing a Preston unsettling Joker. Uh, <laughs> or a Preston unsettling smile. Eh, kind of all the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, Preston's an unsettling Joker. Welcome to person. Justice Losers Review. The show where Preston unsettles people. Uh, my water bottle smells like literal shit. That's probably not a good sign. Or, or like, I don't know, spoiled milk? got kind of a rank smell to it. Old beer. I would never put beer in this. No, but like, your mouth has had beer in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, quite often, in fact. Anyway. So is this the new intro sequence? (laughs) Talk about my water bottle. The smell of the inside of my water bottle. Uh, Yeah, this is... uh, This is going to sound disgusting, but this thing is slowly over the course of like the past like eight episodes. Like, just... Why don't you fucking tighten? Ah, there we go. That's going to sound horrible. Mm-hmm. We're off to a great start. Welcome to Justice Losers Review, the show that still doesn't have an intro sequence, although I'm making one up on the spot here, where we go and see a movie and then review it. Except the part where we see the movie isn't on the show, because that'd be two hours in an empty studio, because we'd be at the movie theater. Maybe more like three hours, if you talk about like getting Count there. All the trailers and the driving there and the yeah. driving back and... And then the 45-minute just absolute insane orgy that happens every time we go to see a movie. Yep. Yep. You know. You know how it is. That one, Roadies, yep. groupies. Yep. Whatever those people are called. Anyway. Anyway, uh, we saw Joker. Yes, we did. The end. <laughs> so, Matt. <laughs> so. Oh, wait. Who are we? We're Justice Losers. I'm your adjectiveless host, Batmat. Joined by my inimitable co-host. In, in what? Inimitable. Inimitable? Unable to be imitated. Inimitable. Oh. <laughs> it's very hard it's, to imitate it's me. It's my because... actually favorite word. Oh. Well, I'm your actually favorite person. That was... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I'm Preston. All right. So, uh, ground rules before we start. We're gonna oh, do, that's right. We're going to do that. a brief non-spoiler section. We're going to just go through kind of some general thoughts about what we liked and what we didn't like, and maybe we'll get into the the ugly part of the good, the bad, and the ugly, where we talk about how it differs from the source material. And, and then we'll give you a hard cutoff, and we'll say, spoiler, 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 spoiler. We have a whole bit. It's really funny. It's, it's never, never funny. funny. It's never once been funny. It was funny the first time. Was it? Yeah, it was funny. Like, Is it? Will it have been? Will it? Will it? And then we're going to do the spoiler section of the review, <laughs> where we do the same thing. We talk the good, bad, the ugly, but we dig into all the details and give you all the dirt and the lowdown and whatnot. Will it have, could have, will have, will it have, could have been? You know, maybe a better way to do this would be to do the spoiler part first, and then do the non-spoilers once we've like gone through all our thoughts and we can sort of organize them. That's a terrible idea. But we just put the timestamp and like skip to the well, non-spoiler because, like, section. Then, if there's anything that we mentioned during the spoiler section that we elaborate on, maybe later in the later section, people well, who have no, seen we it go yet. through it all, and then we say, okay, now we're hard cutting off. Here's sort of a canned. Now that we've thought about it a bit, here's sort of a canned non-spoiler reaction. I I am I am fried right now. <laughs> and don't don't throw changes at me right now. <laughs> Not saying for this one, just over the, over eight know. days. I have, uh, and I'm in the middle of. The, I am literally in the middle of the eight days right now. I have four, four exams, four quizzes, and five homework assignments due. It's midterm season. It's midterm season, but on the bright side, after Wednesday. Nope, that's not the case anymore because uh, we got our assigned date. Uh, for the take-home exam for another class. Fuck me. I'm so ready to be done with school. Joker! So. Joker. The good non-spoiler. Um, damn near everything. I've got some complaints, but I okay. liked it quite a bit. It, uh... Well, okay, well, I guess we could start off with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> no wonder he's getting Oscar buzz. God, he is it just... There's one scene where you can see that he snaps, like, angle. I mean, he's kind of snapping multiple times throughout the entire movie. Yeah. But there's one where, like, um, 
the the TV show Robert De Niro's character, the TV show, uh, makes fun of a performance of his, mm-hmm. and you can see like it's both just the his face is acting and also the way the camera is tilting and the lighting is changing mm-hmm. just the raw hatred that is just growing like it's i didn't i don't know if his face changed but i could feel the just everything come crumbling down yeah he's he communicates a lot with very little yeah but then he also gets to do a lot and yeah. so a lot of dancing yeah, <laughs> I, re- I really liked the dancing. Um, So he's great. I mean, the acting overall was really good, except, I mean, really the only acting was just him. Yeah, he's he's the centerpiece. It's It really was very little anybody else. Yeah. And it's uh, the girl that we never learned her name. Um, I think the credits said it was Sophia Dumond. Sophia Dumond. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's played by Zazie Beetz. Who you might know as Domino from Deadpool. 2. Oh yeah, that's that's why I recognized her. Yep, yep. Um, Sophia Dumond. I think that was a character name. If I'm, I'm remembering that, I'm, I'm gonna look that up real quick. But yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, that's the visuals were awesome in the in the in, in by means of wow, God, I'm so fucking fried. Um. <laughs> Visuals were great to convey exactly what was happening in his mind. So, like, yeah. um, right off the bat, it was just bleak, green lighting. Yeah. You could see particles in the air, cluttered everything. Yep. And then there's a part where he kind of fantasizes about happiness, and it's all bright colors. Everything's clean. He's He's got a clean set of clothes on. Yep. His hair looks all nice. Um, and it just – it's it's one of those things we I, I talk about how um, – uh, What's the what's the um, uh, Blade Runner? How mm-hmm. when you're in the streets, it does that. It it just it makes you feel like you're down there. It makes you feel uncomfortable that there's just you're you're crowded and it's yeah. just unsettling. And um, this movie, whenever they want you to feel overwhelmed, um, it it felt like I was sitting at my desk and there was shit all over my desk, and I was just like, I gotta gotta clean fuck. I just I just want to put on makeup and go murder some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie it kind of scared me how much it sort of put me in his headspace. Yep. Just this is a guy who's completely nuts and is just the way he sees the world and the way he approaches the world is just it's it's alien. It's, yeah. It's completely unlike anything. There's a there's a scene where he's he's at a comedy club and he's not on. He's just watching, mm-hmm. and he's like he's laughing, but he doesn't laugh at the same things that everyone else is laughing he is, at yeah i noticed that it's like kind of like he's sort of looking around and like when when the the audience reacts around him he does sort of like a, a half second delayed sort of a ha yeah or something and then when he hears something genuinely funny just kind of a random little thing in the middle he busts out laughing and yeah. just the way his mind gloms on to completely different things yeah and and yet the way the movie uses the visuals and mm-hmm. the sound design and the music and everything and it just puts you in that that headspace yeah what it feels like to be that i mean it's it's it does exactly what a joker movie needed to do this is something that like it's it's been a long time coming to this movie for me mm-hmm. of my expectations and where where i was going to be on this and i'm sure that People are actually very interested. I'm surprised I don't have any texts right now of people asking me what I felt because I already were... got one. Huh? I already got a text. From who? From <laughs> Hannah? No. Oh. She um, went to bed. Huh? She went to bed. Oh. Because I changed my sleep schedule this week, so I'm also just wiped. No. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's... I mean, I was advertising from the get-go that this shouldn't happen, similar to why a solo shouldn't happen. And then as more and more kind of kept adding on to this being wrong from the Joker, mm-hmm. I just kind of flipped the switch into this is no longer a Joker movie. This is now a, um, just a random guy clown who goes nuts. Mm-hmm. Walking out of that, I was like, that was a Joker film that came full circle. Yeah. Like it, it, I think, I think going into it, expecting it not to be a Joker film helped with that. Yes. Like not expecting, okay, where's, uh, we don't know any of backstory, just getting upset and just going into, no, I'm not going to like this because we're not, but there's no backstory. Um, the just at, about halfway through about third act, like it really just stuck to the, 
at least the last 15 minutes especially, mm-hmm. were fucking nuts. And it really stuck to the core of what made the Joker the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't really talk about much of that. Not without spoiling, spoiling a stuff. lot. <laughs> yeah. But it really does, like, it. you can, the, most of the movie you can pretend, oh, it's just a thing that, that's not Joker. Like, there's, uh, uh, not really a spoiler, Thomas Wayne plays kind of a big part mm-hmm. um, in the movie. Um, but it it is just kind of a guy and then as it starts to play those beats of yes this is the joker that you know now it's all coming together and then like again like the last 15 minutes it's just like that's the joker mm-hmm. especially like that last scene like yeah. that was the joker like yep. so much um so i think so i guess kind of we were getting into storytelling of like mm-hmm. just the ability to well, that's really all the director, the, the everything build of it. Yep, did what it needed to do as a Joker movie. Yeah, and just one thing, I think if you want to take this as a literal origin that lays out the exact story that brought the Joker to the point that he exists in, you're doing it wrong because I don't think we're meant to take this as oh god no, like uh, an actual fact. Like there's I, some details that are definitely true. Yeah, but I. This... I mean, there's if you try to take this as the, as an origin story, um, trying not to get too spoiler, it starts to encroach on other origin stories that we know as fact. Yeah. Um, so it if you take this as a by the book canonical origin story of the Joker or of one of the three Jokers, still waiting for that shit to come out. Yeah. Um, they're working on it. We have updates um, about that, but. If you try to take this, then you're going to get real confused because there's some things that just don't line up with yep. actual DZ canon. Yep. Um, which I think, like, I don't know. Like, this is one of those things that, well, no, the never whole, mind. The whole, the whole movie's from his perspective. Yeah. And the Joker has always been clear in the, the comics and other mediums. Read Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, he's He's not... His origin story is meant to be clouded. His his past, you might get some hints there, here or there. You might yeah, you get some read, details. Uh, I just read joke. Killing Joke, which... I prefer my backstory to be multiple choice. Yeah, that's an explicit quote from it. And it does lay out a backstory in there, but yep. it's also, it's meant to be, um, you know, just ambiguous enough. We get the the thematic highlights, if not the narrative ones. Yeah. And so some semblance of this sequence of events, if you plotted them on some sort of graph where it was like emotional highs and lows and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the the contours would line up the same, but the, the story itself would be different. Yeah. I think, I think that's the, the way we're meant to take it, especially just because it is so much in his perspective and yeah. only his perspective. What's actually really interesting about this movie. Um, and I'm going to get, now, now, and Matt and I kind of talked about this a little bit on the way back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this is one of the first times that we have an opportunity to actually dissect a, a capital F film, to quote you. Yep. Um, I, I'm going to be careful about using that because I'd only want to throw that around with like Tarkovsky or someone. But this yeah. is this is much closer to if that you, than, say, when you're, Solo. When you say it's a DC movie, this is a capital F film. Yeah, relative, um, to, relative to our normal fare for sure. Because... There's something I want to I, I evaluated while watching this, which I and I don't want to get too spoilery for this either because I'm like I we're building you up to read it, uh, Batman Eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, finish that. I'll talk a little bit more about the episode that's coming out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, plot twists out the fucking wazoo. Um, by the way, and you you have the correct material to read to be on board with it okay um it fills in all the rest of things that are important Mm -hmm. um but one of the key parts to batman eternal batman eternal is basically gotham is completely collapsing around uh, around batman Mm -hmm. um somebody's taking it from him and is trying to figure out who um but one of the key elements of that is getting the citizens to the breaking point Mm -hmm. um there's stuff like uh it's it's not a spoiler for the book really um rat catcher is putting rats everywhere like in the sewers like gnawing on sewer lines and stuff like that so mm-hmm. sewers getting into the water um uh who is it um can't fucking place his name right now uh signal signal mass sig- signal man signal man is 
very slowly, like second per day, changing the uh, the traffic lights hmm. to just cause an obscene number of traffic jams and stuff like that. And it's just tiny little things that just push the people to the edge. Interesting. And that's something that having just read that and then watching this reflects to this movie. Yeah. Of it's I mean, you see in the trailer, like the the Joker based riots, people like mm-hmm. losing their shit. Um something an inciting incident happens. Um inciting incident. That's a let's have the same route. Yeah. <laughs> uh an inciting incident happens in the movie that kicks that off. But they make sure you know that this wasn't an isolated incident. This thing just tipped everyone over the edge yeah. of shit that's been ha- – like, they they established the first words spoken in the movie are explaining how bad Gotham is yep. at the moment. And it's, like, it's that interesting um, social commentary of, like, is that what's going on with us right now? Like, the United States is, like, freaking the fuck out right now. A little bit. With, like – the political stuff of just like us te- like for a while they're teetering on the edge of nuclear war with North Korea and it's just like we're surrounded by just everything that can slightly go wrong all the time we're always like it's everything that goes wrong slightly is at our fingertips mm-hmm. just constantly knowing this though I feel like we're all just kind of on edge especially our generation is always tired and stressed yeah so like it just takes a little bit like the reason Thomas Wayne plays an important part is because there's a whole poor versus rich dynamic mm-hmm. in the movie um there's kind of that with us um a little bit. there's like college students coming out of school fucking broke looking for an entry-level job that requires 13 years of field experience mm-hmm. and it's just it's an absurd amount of tiny little details flashback to the conversation you and i had on uh, on the way up here yeah where it was a bunch of tiny little things that made me go from a great mood to a terrible mood in 10 minutes yep um and it the movie act, it does that really, mm-hmm. really well. It, it enforces the fact that citizens are just kind of like, just, we're sick. We're poor. There's fucking super rats, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um, there's super rats around here, and they're doing fucking nothing about it. And then one thing happens, and it's like, that's eh, our it's our job now and that's that's when everything starts and it's it just that really clicked with me especially having just read batman eternal where that Mm -hmm. kind of thing is in my brain of like pushing it's almost uh, 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 another analogy is bat like bane breaking batman Mm -hmm. is he put him to the breaking point and then broke him yep like it wasn't just like i'm gonna fight him it was like i'm gonna fight him when he's super weak and that's kind of what happened vaguely what happened like obviously the rich people didn't push the poor people on purpose. Right. Um, but yeah. So speaking of social Bane, commentary, this, uh, I guess kind of knocks dark, right? Da- dark Knight rises down a peg because dark Knight rises is supposed to be like, Gotham is yours. And then oh, yeah. we see like three shots of upheaval and then it's kind of just all back to normal. Yeah. Except no one goes outside anymore and it's snowy. Yeah. It's all a metaphor or something. <laughs> it's all, that's something. It's, yeah. And so all of a sudden that, that version of social instability just feels really empty yeah. next to this. Also, there was a lot of very slight references to Dark Knight. I don't know if you notice it. Joker with his clown makeup putting the mask on. Mm-hmm. Call back to the first scene of uh, mm-hmm. Dark Knight. Yeah. There were a couple of musical cues that were very Dark Knight. Yeah. There was a bum, bum. And there was sort there's of the, the, the razor yeah. on the string yep. they did at a couple points. Yeah. There was a lot of calls to Dark Knight, and I really appreciate that because... I mean, that's a salute to just one of the best performances of Joker of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably the best, um, depending on how you categorize it. Yeah. Like, it, you, it, comparing him to Mark Hamill's Joker is apples and oranges. Very different situations. Yep. Uh, best live action, by far. Well, except we have a contender now. Uh, yeah. It's going to take me a few other watches. I'm buying this movie for fucking sure good this movie is going (laughs) in my library um so that should tell you if you should see it preston who was just like the moment they announced the joker movie was like fuck that is now going to actually spend money to buy it permanently yep um that's uh, i mean the music was great yeah i wanted to talk about that i'm gonna tie back into a bigger point i want to make in spoilers okay but um 
it was very different than you would expect the score to be, I think. Uh, it's a lot of, it's very tonal. Yeah. Which was, would be strange. I think there's a reason for it that, again, I'll get into. But it worked, just sort of the droning, growling strings. Yeah. And the, um, little timpani in the background. Mm-hmm. And just sort of, occasionally it gets into sort of this thump. Thump. Yeah. Where it's just, it, you, you feel the tension, but at the same time, it's it's tension without being like a super obvious sort of Hollywood kind of tension where, uh, as much as I absolutely love the Dark Knight score, the, like, the razor on the string just going mm-hmm. up, that yeah. sort of constitutes one of the Joker's main motifs in that score. That's just a super obvious, like, this is tense, you're feeling tension. Yeah. And this one, it does it in a different way, I think, again, because it's trying to put you back in that alien perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it it definitely like the tension was done really well. Mm-hmm. It was not forcing it down your throat, and it wasn't always tense. Right, it was tense when he was tense. Yes, and that's, I mean, that sounds like it should be a stupid, simple. Only yeah, everyone would get that, but sometimes they just make things tense for the sake of being tense. Yeah, tension. I think I'm gonna take a tangent and do a mini rant. Tension is one of the things that's the most taken for granted and the least used in hollywood Mm -hmm. um at least the least effectively used and there's a lot of movies that can use it effectively see a quiet place or dunkirk yep but there's a lot of movies that just they kind of assume that the audience feels tension because they don't even have a reason yeah they just think okay this scene is tense and they think that them making that decision makes it tense maybe the opening of the Battle of the Five Armies, as yeah. much as I've ragged on that, where it's Smog just kind of like walking across the rooftops. He's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you for <laughs> literally like a minute of screen time. And it's the stupidest thing ever, and I hate it. But my bigger point, I'm not going to get distracted. My bigger <laughs> point is that they assume that you feel tension because there's bad guy, good guy, and imminent danger. Yeah. They don't give you the actual visceral elements that should make you feel tension in yeah. that scene. So you don't. You don't feel that tension. Yeah. And this movie is an absolute masterclass in giving you tension at the exact right moments. Yes. As, like you said, when he's tense, because it's, it's all about his head. Yeah. It, it, again, like we're probably going to circle back to that like 18 times today. Yep. It just, it, it, I love that move. I love when directors can put you in a crazy person's mind. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible, but it's true. Uh, see also Dex from uh, season three of Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, that fucking that that scene that I worship, where it's spinning around and then he sits up and it goes upside down. You're just like ah, <laughs> ah, unsettling. <laughs> I did a whole thing. There was a visual humor part of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say we need to do this on video sometime, but we really don't. No, that's they don't a bad need to see idea. Our faces. I think it would actually be pretty interesting to see us. We definitely need a better setup with mics because we are a solid like what eight or six feet away from each other. Yeah, we'd need a. Well, we just put the camera far away. Put it like way across. This is not what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Joker. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. What else? I mean, there's. Particularly, not particularly anything else that's. I mean, we covered everything as much, as well as we could. Good. Yeah. Um. You said you had a few problems. I think I've got a couple. Probably not because I'd probably shoot it down, shoot them down as I started talking. But go for it. Um. So I'm gonna have to save this mostly for spoilers. I liked but didn't love how they did the very very not the very very ending but like the the ending of the story proper. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it just, something about it didn't ring quite true to me. It's quite true about Joker or about, uh, about the, the character and the situation and just sort of the direction that the movie was trying to take us. There is a very particular line, recurring line in the, in the movie that does make that and we definitely need to make sure we we circle back to this because i do want to talk about that there's a recurring line that is never si- it's said one time but it's shown several times um that would make th- a different ending of the story proper better okay and i think you know what i'm talking about i think about. i think i do but we'll get into that yeah. in spoilers um for me, a lot of the attempts to tie it into something a little more significant came off a little ham-fisted um, okay. to try to be, I guess, 
relevant to where we are in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it worked. The the social upheaval, as you said, was orchestrated pretty darn well. Yeah. Um, but there were just some moments. Joker gives a, a big speech at one point, and he says, uh, what do you get when you combine a mentally ill loner with a society like this? And that's just way too on the nose yeah. for a movie like this. There were a couple of lines like that. Yeah, and I guess this is where we can kind of start bleeding into ugly um, if, unless you have anything else that's like bad that really that's that, that's gotcha. it. It's it's big picture stuff like gotcha. that. Um, so bleeding into ugly. I mean, there's not much I can say because it's it's an origin story of a character that canonically is meant to not have an origin story. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a few points that I could probably... Uh, I can go more of the core of the character. Um, so, one idea is that... Oh, God. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this shit on its head. I'm going to go all Joker and make this go weird. Uh, let's start spoilers, and I'm just going to start ugly right off the bat. Okay. Because I've got right. a lot of stuff, but it's all spoilery um because it all depends on what happens based in the story we'll oh wait, we this? need to review fuck oh uh <laughs> <laughs> shit You'll have, I'll, I'll edit this one and i'll try to cut uh one thumb up one revolver up under my chin oof yep um i'm gonna say oh god it's the it's the fruit on the bottom yogurt Okay. Where you get it and you're just like, you know, this is probably just going to be a pretty, this is just going to be yogurt. I mean, I like yogurt. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you you take one dip and you're like, oh, there's strawberries at the bottom. <sighs> and it just becomes your favorite thing ever. It's suddenly a parfait. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, okay. It's that feeling of expecting, okay, expecting pretty good, but getting awesome. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Now we're spoiling. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to edit this. Spoilers I'm probably just, sure. There's probably just this really disgusting cut that yep. I'll do. Okay. Let's um, spoil this movie. So we're going to spoil it. It's going to be spoil spoiled it. as much as the inside of my water bottle smells. Yep. Um, spoilers. 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 So, ugly. The root of this Joker... By the time he becomes the Joker in, like, mid-late Act 3, is the fact that he loves that he has the attention and that he is the one who is causing these riots. Mm -hmm. That's not the essence of the Joker in the comics. Joker doesn't really give a shit about big grandstanding. Mm -hmm. Joker just wants to play with Batman. And that's one of those, like, most interesting things. It's like, that's... it, It always comes back to that. Um... You can do Death of the Family where um, he takes out, he tries to take out everybody in the family Mm -hmm. because he and Batman are, it's supposed to be just him and Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, uh, oh God, there was another example of it that that was in my head, but I forgot. It was just another example of, of, of Joker just trying to eliminate everything else and stick to the root of him and Batman. That Mm -hmm. it's forever them. Um, so the, again, I, like I said, like the origin story is all fucking wrong and not accurate, but I can't just talk that, um, yeah. cause it's just wrong. And again, um, it's not, it's probably not literal. Yeah. Um, essentially removing Batman from the story changes the essence of what makes the Joker do what he does. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of where you have to make that delim- del- delineation, delineation, yeah. delineation between the comic Joker and this Joker is you have to understand that this Joker is doing it for very, very different reasons. Especially mm-hmm. if you know, like a lot of people, they read comics and stuff like that. Like you, you read comics, but like I, I read and evaluate the, like the motives behind characters. And that's why yeah. I know this shit about the Joker. Um, so that's, that's something that's iffy, uh, about the core of him. Uh, other kind of shotgun little inaccuracies. Thomas Wayne was not an asshole. Um, 
that it, may have it been was from Joker's perspective. It was from Joker's perspective. That's actually something that's, that that I was going to get into. Is I because like, I read that as you could probably reshoot those scenes with a different delivery and yeah. come across as the good guy. Yeah, and it's I mean, and that's the thing is like every time we hear about Thomas Wayne in the comics, it's Alfred uh, telling Bruce that Thomas was like the best guy ever, was like super nice and like cared about everybody cared about the bottom and like stuff mm-hmm. like that and it's it is an interesting there there's a speech that he does like on TV where he's talking about like we are going to help you and as much as he didn't want it to be we I'm I'm sure he didn't intend it to be was an insanely patronizing speech yep it's just like you're the bottom we will fix you yep and while from Alfred and Bruce's perspective like kid Bruce's perspective it would be like we know you're struggling and we are going to use our resources to do what we can to assist you. Yeah. But to I, them, it's, we're going to fix you. Yeah. I think, I think that if you were to find what the real version of that speech was in the like actual yeah. u- version of this universe, it would be different, be but that's different. how it read in Joker's head. Yes. And that's something that's really, again, really good about the way that they put you in Joker's head is like changing that, the, the perception mm-hmm. of what people say. Um, so again, but I'm, I'm kind of going off literal just to fill content of ugly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is Bruce's parents were not killed in a riot. Um, that's something that's just kind of an outright, that's where I mentioned before. Um, if you try to read this as literal canon, it's going to start yeah. conflicting with actual canon. Could they have been killed by a random act of violence that was incited by, uh, sort of a general sweep of violence. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're meant to take away from yes. this. Not that they were literally killed in this riot. Yeah. Um, and then again, just, uh, I can't, uh, a broader incorrectness, but another tiny nitpicky thing is we know for a fact that Joker showed up after Batman existed. Right. That's just the fucking thing. That's <laughs> in everything. Batman started doing stuff and then the Joker showed up. Mm-hmm. And they've been in a fucking battle of the dicks ever since. Um, so, yeah. Does Joker have genitals? Canonically? We never see Joaquin Phoenix's penises. Penis. <laughs> we do see a little bulge, though, when he's dancing around in his tidy whities We do, yeah. I checked. Um, for some reason. I don't... I mean, there's probably points where he and Harley Quinn had sex. I guess. Maybe. Not, like, fun sex. Well, maybe for him. I don't know. Don't romanticize Harley Quinn and Joker. Fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> don't get me into that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of... I'll probably think of other ugly stuff um, that happened. I kind of feel like Alfred wouldn't be caught off that caught that off guard. I don't know... Oh, that was absolutely absolutely Alfred. I don't know why. Yeah. I'd, yeah, he... Okay, he that's another, that's he another thing. dude in the face. And... That's another thing is, like, he was, like better than green berets yeah like that he he comes from the british special forces of like the navy seals but better the specialer forces the The specialer forces specialer forces um he was way too fat to have come from that yep um and he was already relatively old by the time yeah like well i guess not really if you think about it like if Bruce is like what maybe let's say mid thirties right now, mm-hmm. um, so that's twenty years. Yeah, that could, he could still be if he's like seventy, fifty, a little young. Yeah, yeah. And if he's like in... if he's like a handsome fifty five, like Jeremy Irons from BVS and oh, Justice yeah. League. Yeah. Then yeah, he could easily be late thirties. Yeah. Um, again, I I'm gonna just defend it just for the sake of the, doing the defense out loud. Mm-hmm. That that's probably more of a caricature of Alfred that joker saw where he's just he's a little uptight and british and he's kind of a guy who's gone soft well also alfred wasn't always a badass mm-hmm. the original incarnation of batman or of, of alfred was a kind of large bumbling doofus okay so maybe i mean he wasn't that alfred definitely wasn't large and bum, uh, bumbling and doofus but, but he's he was more in that direction he was, yeah he's i mean physically he was that way but i feel like it uh, was uh Personality-wise, was more aligned with the current Alfred. Um, I don't know. He was a little bumbly the way he's just oh when he gets choked and just like just kind of doesn't know what to do. I I'd, I'd take that as the gritty reboot of a 
fat bumbling Alfred. Yeah. More like he's not like, oh, oh no, I spilled the tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? Uh, there was some. There was another one I thought of that. Oh, anyway, I don't know. Um, so good, good spoiler based. Good. Can I say one more thing relevant to Ugly? Yeah. I love how little they made in as far as references to the broader universe. Yes. A, a lesser movie would have had a, a, Superman a little reference. girl in a cat suit and, a, oh, yeah. there's that guy in Metropolis and a, um, a young detective Gordon and yeah. all that stuff. And this movie, it would have distracted. There were a couple name drops. Um, one of the guests of Murray was a name drop. Mm-hmm. Um, super obscure name drop. So obscure that like when he said it, I noticed it, but forgot about it like ten minutes later. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember anymore. Um, I think one of the detectives is uh a older, uh, an older or retired detective in comics. Okay. Um, so like a young him, thirty years yeah. later, was older and retired. Surprised um, me. Uh, and I think there was another name drop somewhere yeah but like yeah no like you said yeah these are easter egg level things yeah uh just nothing where it was just like oh yeah this is a dc oh yeah you got to keep reminding us this is a dc movie uh Mm -hmm. but um and it really didn't do everything it could with the waynes it did what it needed to do to incite it it focused on the joker right and his his following Mm -hmm. um which was amazing Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, the final fifteen minutes. Holy shit! That goes balls to the walls fast. That goes. I knew that he was. I. I mean, we. I. I knew from the from the get go he wasn't going to kill himself. But the moment he made fun of him, I was like, he's going to end up killing a Murray. Mm. Like that's what's going to happen at the end. Is he's yep. going to like. He's, I thought it was going to be like knock knock and then turn and shoot him, but it played out a little differently. But yeah, I was close. Yeah, um, there was one thing. There was a foreshadowing thing that I noticed, but it didn't actually turn out to be a thing. Um, the lady that he handed the card to never handed it back to him. Yep. So I thought later that was going to be a, a point where he would start laughing and like start looking for the card and panic and get himself in trouble. He did when he was on the subway with the guys. He well, he started... was reaching for the bag uh, to get the card, and then they took the bag or took the bag from him. Okay, because um, I, well, he I, was, I noticed he was that look, too. He was looking for the card that was on his body, and it wasn't there. Oh, that's fair. Because he probably carries a few of them. Yeah, or has a few of them in different places. Because they, uh, the uh, detectives mentioned that they that he they got one of his cards. Yeah, which implies that he's got several. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Um. But yeah, the the conclusion. I really, really like that it was the, um, fuck, uh, between, oh, being chased by the cop and getting there and then, like, between him leaving, actually, I think it was killing his friend that Mm kind of shifted what he was going to be like. Because mm-hmm. he was playing like playing out that like, hey, how's it going? Waving and like shaking his hands and like doing the whole. He was mimicking the guy on the TV, mm-hmm. but then it, we never see him practice it or anything. That he just walks out and he does very much him. He does his dance. He like, he does his dance. He goes over and he kisses the doctor. Yep. Which is such a like that's such a Joker. That's move. a Joker thing to do. Absolutely. Doesn't he? Doesn't he come out on a talk show and? Kiss someone with poisonous lipstick in Dark Knight Returns? No, oh, probably. Or am I misremembering It's that? been so long. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he does exactly that. I mean, the poisonous, like, first you don't want to get kissed by his poison ivy. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think he literally does that. Mm. And then poisons the entire studio with laughing gas and escapes. Because that's the Joker. Yeah. Um, The riots. Uh, that was a really well done riot. Like, that felt like it was huge. Yeah. Um. It's sometimes like you get like, I'm always concerned about kind of relatively low budget movies doing big stuff like that. Cause you get mm-hmm. stuff like, uh, um, the battle on Blackwater Bay where it's supposed to be like thousands of men, but you only see like 
80. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, it always felt small to me. And then yeah. I realized that it was, uh, then you told me it was supposed to be a huge battle. And I was like, budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it felt like this was a city-wide thing. And that, I think, really shows the strength of how well it was building this city yes. as a claustrophobic atmosphere beforehand. Because yes. you can do a lot with a little then. Yeah. If you, if you have this sense that everything's kind of tight and enclosed and cramped and then you'd suddenly explode a bunch of violence and fire and masks into it everything i mean everything can be can be done well as long as you build to it right like Mm -hmm. that's in any in any any conceivable example you come up with and if that's like any line any one like sentence can be insanely impactful if you built up to it correctly Mm -hmm. uh like if i said that stands a little crooked if if I just said that, no one would give a shit. Mm-hmm. But if you saw an entire movie of, like, that stand being crooked, every time something's crooked, I, like, lose my shit. And then, like, I finally heal over time. And then something happens that kind of sets me back. And I see that stand is crooked. And that's the last line of the movie. It's like, fuck, he's back to the beginning. Yep. That's, the, that's the impact of the line. And so it's like that, where the, the whole movie built up that this shit's on the on the edge Mm -hmm. and it's just there's there's no out of gotham and there really isn't that's something that like that Mm -hmm. is a very implicit thing in the movie that's accurate to the comics is there's no out of gotham no one leaves gotham um which is just absurd you see like uh green arrow has changed home cities like twice Mm -hmm. like you can fucking leave star city and go to seattle no one gives a shit you can go from dallas to to uh you can go from metropolis to dallas like uh Someone that I'm drawing a blank on, uh, but you go, you start in Gotham, you're fucking stuck in Gotham. It's Lex Luthor that switched from Metropolis to Dallas. He became Tex Luthor. God damn it! <laughs> I'm proud of that one for you. That was good. Um, but yeah, so the the ending, the the last scene that I mentioned that was really jokery mm-hmm. was just the ther- the psychiatrist. And he absolutely killed her. Like oh, that's, yeah. No, that's yeah. the whole, like, the yeah. thing. That was that was not what I was talking about and when they, I said I had complaints. I oh, love no, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to get to that when we get to the bad. Uh, I love the uh, getting chased by an orderly. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? Oh, I was, oh, dude, if they had make, made that Margot Robbie... Uh, I would have shit my pants. Yeah, you like you like tense stuff. We both like you, like I looked at you and you're just like maybe, and I was like, <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, man, it's just that was a really really well done movie. Yeah, it was exactly the way that you do a twist on a on a superhero on a mm-hmm. superhero. On your, yeah, it's a superhero movie, supervillain mm-hmm. movie. Um, I, it's just DC found it. DC found doing their own thing. Um, yep. and this is the first, like, I don't count Deadpool because Deadpool is just a very exterior, exterior thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the first, like, rated R movie for a character that didn't necessarily need to be rated R. And it worked phenomenally. Logan? Logan kind of needs to be rated R. Wolverine's kind of a dick. Okay. But, but like this like, is this this is just another uh, I guess okay yeah then this is just another example that rated R superhero movies work and DC can do them well yep rather than trying to do like a Suicide Squad movie and making it rated R just for all the blood and guts this they only said fuck like a few times I can see it why was, yeah it was in there and the the deaths which were surprisingly few but yeah I they were pretty the gruesome restraint. they were they were perfectly gruesome they could have. I feel like they it wouldn't have lost that much. It felt better that they allowed for all the several fucks and the the gruesome deaths. Mm-hmm. But if it was PG-13 and they just toned some of that back, the story itself doesn't need to be doesn't need to be R. Yeah. And like Deadpool needs to be rated R cuz yeah. it's fucking Deadpool. It's Deadpool. Um but now I understand why they were like, "Oh, we don't know if it's going to be rated R." And everyone's like, "No, make it rated R." It's like it's just because like it was so close to not needing to be rated R. Yeah. Because the story was good enough. Yeah. It didn't rely on the gratuitous blood and sex and fucks and language and shit like Deadpool kind of does. Mm-hmm. It's the story is just genuinely good. Yeah. Um, 
There was, uh, what else is, uh, that, that's good. That's spoiler. I'm trying to think. Let me talk about the dancing a little bit. Cause that was something that really stuck in my head. Yeah. So he like, he kills the three dudes on the subway and he goes and he goes into like a little public bathroom somewhere mm-hmm. and locks himself in and just starts dancing sort of wordlessly kind of moving around and waving his arms and, mm-hmm. and that fascinated me because yeah. that felt like a very weird artsy moment, but. I thought back to Batman Arkham Asylum, which I read a couple months ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's actually next on my list. I just finished uh, Eternal and I'm reading The Flash right now, but... Very good. Um, uh, There's a a moment that I'm not going to get into much details narratively, but it... uh, The... Whoever's explaining a particular series of events goes into detail about how violent death and sort of these irrational self-contained rituals go together because hmm. death is just especially violent death is such an alien thing to everyday life yeah that you somehow react to it in a way that does not make any rational sense to any outside observer whatsoever but in that internal world it makes a lot of sense and so it plays in to this this thing where we're just getting in joker's headspace because it puts it in like this is his ritualistic war dance almost. Yeah. Um, and I think that is what the music is almost for. Cause uh-huh. there's a lot of that pounding timpani boom, 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 yeah. boom. That's like very ritualistic chant uh-huh. drum beady music that I think is supposed to, supposed to mimic that. Yeah. And so then it, it gives that like almost a, I don't know. He's the, the Aztec priest going to make a blood sacrifice. And so mm-hmm. when he starts dancing out there at the end, you're like, Oh snap. Yeah. And that's a, like, I think that's another one of those kind of, um, it's just, a it, kind of a release. Mm-hmm. Um, which is similar to kind of, I, I think that's the, one of the first examples of like, he did something that felt right. And mm-hmm. then he just kind of started. I, I feel like to me, it was more of just that he felt like this was the right thing for him. Mm-hmm. This is where he 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 lives. In, right, it's rational in this yeah. in his brain, not in anyone else's. Uh, so, like the, the other example was murdering the uh, the guy that gave him the gun, mm-hmm. and then putting face paint on, putting the suit on, and going and being his own guy on the su- on the show. Yep. it's like that's just like the sh- like stab the guy, and he's like, I, I I'm I'm relieved. Mm-hmm. I can now I, I, like that's how he gets his release is through killing people, and he like feels better after he does it. Mm-hmm. Um. Other thing I noticed, this was, I mentioned this to you, cinematography-wise, there's it's not really cinematography; it's more, I guess, director. Uh, there's a very distinct every so for the first act until I think when he gets when he does that angry look at Murray, where he just snaps and where he that's I think that's kind of the pivotal point for him. Mm-hmm. Everything is going up. Yep. So if he's cl- if he's on stairs, he's going up. Um, there's one example that's contrary to that is that's when he after he goes up the stairs, the there's the downhill slope. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit down, but he's going up the elevator. He's going upstairs. He goes up those same set of stairs like three times. Mm-hmm. He's doing that. Then that happens, and then everything else is down. Mm-hmm. Particularly, he's going downstairs a lot. Um, and one that I noticed especially was when he stole the music or the music uh, stole the. Uh, um, the files from the cleric or the clerk mm-hmm. cleric. Wow. Music and cleric <laughs> stole the files from the clerk and he like ran, ran, ran. And then he turned really quickly and then ran downstairs. He ran all the way to the bottom and then found out about his mom. So he was both literally at the bottom and hitting rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear that there were no other stairs to go down. Right. So that was like a symbolic, like, so throughout the movie, he, like his kind of, mental tension was climbing until he just started plummeting. And for the rest of the movie, everything was down with the exception of going up an elevator once, but they don't actually dwell on him being in the elevator. Right. Um, it actually flashes back to when he did go in the elevator and she did the gun thing. I think thinking about it, since you mentioned it in the car on the way back, I think there's a little more to it than that. Um, you're definitely right about the, he goes all the way down and it's sort of the rock bottom moment. Mm Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about those stairs a little bit. He goes up those stairs, and it's a grind. It's a slog. They're filmed in very sort of grimy gray. Oh yeah, colors from actually, it's, and and especially like to add to that, from 
the bottom. Like yep. it's looking up. Yeah, at there's him. that. There's that. The first time he goes up, it just kind of it's on him, and you just see the stairs going up, and it sort of slowly pans up a little bit, yeah. and you're like, how far up do these things go? Yeah. And you see the sky, and it's just sort of it's an bleak. Ugly, it's gray. Bleak sky. It's raining. And this is this is him trying to force his way up, trying to to be a functional part of society, trying yeah. to be a, a happy person. Mm-hmm. And then he lets himself go downhill and release, and it's golden sunlight and dancing yep. and going down, and it's the the going with gravity. And he's splashing in the puddles, which also could like the fact that it was raining both times we went upstairs. Mm-hmm. Kind of like stepping on that, like, hey, mm-hmm. fuck you, I'm happy now. Yeah. And then the cops chase after him immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that. Um, the thing that we were talking about bad, spoiler-wise. Um, so the line that I mentioned was the, uh, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if my death will make more sense than my life. Mm-hmm. Um, sense, like, haha funny like money joke um which it it would have paid off seeing that so many times for that to be a motif Mm -hmm. if he had died in that car crash yep because the um the spider-man 2 and the train-esque scene of them pulling him out of the train and kind of like carrying him Mm -hmm. is like symbolic of like this was the sacrifice this man was the sacrifice the 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 one that kicked it off yeah and his death well i guess not particularly his like his like what he did his life is the thing that made this all happen Mm -hmm. it's not his death that kicked it all off no but it's like his legacy that they've got to carry forwards yeah it puts the burden on them and yeah, they kind of ran themselves into a catch-22 that they did such a good job of explaining where someone like the Joker could come from. Yeah. That they didn't want to cheapen that by throwing it away and saying, no, nah, Joker's just someone else. Yeah. Which... I mean, I think that there's merit to, like, if they decided to go with him dying, if they wanted to make this the world that Batman grew up in and that's what they maybe they that's what matt reeves batman comes from this one mm-hmm. is they could have had him die but then they could have had a 10 year old kid who maybe had almost almost the exact same story where he mm-hmm. was found chained to a or like locked to a radiator mm-hmm. abused by uh, by uh, an adopted mother's boyfriends mm-hmm. and stuff like that and he saw that and was like i believe in that and he grows up to actually be the joker that batman fights yeah. um yeah. Because like I mean it's this this Joker this movie talks about how all of these people are inspired by the Joker. Mm-hmm. What how how far of a stretch is it to say that just a 10-year-old kid is also inspired and yeah. later becomes the jo- actual Joker Joker. Maybe he did die and then the the very brightly lit white uh almost end credits kind of scene is just him in heaven where he gets to murder psychiatrists and, and run, run away, away from, from orderlies. orderlies in a cartoony fashion. That sounds like Joker heaven to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Oh God. I don't think he's supposed to have died. Oh but yeah. No fun to think about. He's totally alive. Um, yeah. I honestly, if I had to, if I had to say there's one bad thing about it, I think I would agree with you and say that like, the moment he spits out the blood, the rest of the movie is basically I could have you could I could live without it. Yeah. Um the honestly, I I was I was about to get I was starting to get like the pre chills if the movie rolled credits on that the screen the wall of TVs. Uh, like that's where they end it. That would have been good. I think I think a great moment to end it would be they're panning back from him lying on the car hood before he's moved and then cut. And it's just ambiguous. Yeah. Because that's very Joker. We uh-huh. don't know if he died and Joker's just someone else or if he survives and pulls a miraculous escape. Yep. So. I'm glad. That, well, I'm, I'm glad, but I'm also I'm I'm glad they didn't dwell on Bruce for yeah. too long. They did a little bit, which I kind of I wish they hadn't because it. Bruce Wayne, Batman, is such a big character that so much as putting him in a movie 
can detract from anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, it that's something I'm a little concerned about if they do it with um, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. If he shows up, it's automatically now a Batman movie. Yep. And it was kind of similar. Like everyone remembers the fucking scene from Suicide Squad of him jumping on the Joker car mm-hmm. and then him fighting uh, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadshot. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Batman fighting Deadpool. I wonder how that would go. Anyway. Um, so, like, showing his origin story. I mean, and you saw me, like, lose my shit the moment it showed Zorro. Yeah. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> They're doing that. Yep. Um, but, yeah. yeah. That was that was the thing that most took me out of the movie, I think, was like, oh, yeah, Bruce Wayne's parents are going to die, and it's going to be Bruce, and he's going to be all alone. But I think, I think what they were going for thematically was like one of the the major points of Batman and Batman comics all along has been there's this cycle where he fights the crime, he incites the villains, and then he has to fight the villains, and then the villains fight him. And this is just it's, it's, it's flipped it. It's a prequel to the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the the root of Batman. Joker created Batman in this. Or, in instance. or the the Batmans of the world, the the powerful that are trying to maintain order in society, they created the Joker, and then the Joker created Batman. They're just they're they're throwing they're dropping you in at a different moment of that cycle of yeah. violence and seeing how the perspective flips. Yeah, yep, and yeah, it doesn't hundred percent work, but I see where they're coming yeah. from. Yeah, I guess all in all, the ending of it isn't perfect. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not perfect. There's a couple of little tweaks that could have been made to it. Yeah. And I think if they'd have done it substantially differently, it probably would have ended up being more controversial among, uh, comic fans and yeah, just, people. but I mean, it, everything pays off. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a phenomenal movie. Um, I highly recommend people go see it. Don't bring your kids. I saw a fucking eight year old. No. God. Why? Don't be that stupid. Don't be stupid. And I will say, this is just for the sake of me saying this. I don't like that I had to that I felt the need to text my family before seeing this movie and tell them I love them. Mm-hmm. Um because there was a whole lot of things like there was a Fort Sill sent out a uh memo to all its people uh, and mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, don't go to the movie for if you are, be careful because apparently there's a shooting threat." Yep. And it's a movie about a character who's notorious for inciting violence and riots and stuff mm-hmm. more so than any other character in the DC universe. And this movie very much hammered that home in a politically and yeah. uh, contemporarily relevant way. Just there like was, violent loners. Scary. There was a couple lines that I felt were, there was a couple that I felt were helpful. There was a couple I felt were like, this is the line that's going to get that fucker to stand up and start shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lines that, I felt we're gonna was gonna help that ended up not helping was <laughs> like um what kind of coward would shoot people blah 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 something like that and I was just like yeah make them feel bad about doing it and then it just started like getting into like antagonizing yep. and I was like no 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 Thomas stop <laughs> <laughs> god man I, and this is just yeah, a little bit more personal stuff like do you think it might have heightened your movie experience though in some way just like being maybe that on edge like the idea that like i i didn't grow up and i still am not in the the realm of the people that rioted mm-hmm. um i'm a little closer not even fucking remotely close to the wayne's but i'm closer to that side of society yeah so like it did kind of feel like i was like oh shit like i'm in trouble mm-hmm. um and I'm, uh, this isn't me going like, oh, I'm rich. <laughs> oh, feel bad for me. I'm rich. I'm going to get shot. No, it's no, like just th- being like just being even stable in middle class puts you at odds with these kind of rioters. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like and that I, that kind of did. Um, and also, again, this movie, not again, uh, just I'm saying this for the first time. This movie kind of did make me rethink how. I. Maybe unintentionally patronize people that are. I mean, lower in the socioeconomic class, uh, socioeconomic ladder than me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be some thinking for me okay. for a while. Hey, you know, movie did good if it's got you thinking. Yeah. So 
brief conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. What if WB planted the shooting threats around the country just to heighten the the, the atmosphere because everyone's on edge? That is absurdly unethical. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that not is even so unethical. Maybe not that even, I cannot fathom that. Maybe not even planted, <laughs> but just like amplified a little bit. Mm. <laughs> If they did anything to utilize the fact that there were like mass shooting threats, that is just unfathomably unethical. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I I really hope they didn't do anything. I'm pretty like sure that. they didn't. That's why I said conspiracy theory time. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? Really think for once I've actually said all the things I wanted to say. I think so. I think I've covered everything. That was a really good movie. I, this is a movie, you know, we come out of, of our average movies and I'm like, yeah, you know, I got stuff to say. This is the first one I think we've come out of where I've been excited to talk yeah, about it. Sam. I'm gonna, I, I kind of want to see this movie again. Yeah. Like I kinda, in the theaters. I kind of might, might want to also. I might do that with some of my friends. That's a good movie. You guys, you guys need to see that movie. Yep. If you're uncomfortable with violence and tension and little squaresies probably not so much and what little squaresies oh squaresies um yeah there's really nothing in this movie that's like explicitly like outrageous yeah it's not over the top there's Um, one one like two second shot of if you don't like people getting stabbed in the eye Someone gets stabbed in the eye. It's pretty clear when he's going for it, so kind of look away. Um, but other than I mean, that, like it's just if you're listening to this part of the review, you saw it already. You've missed. Oh, that's warning. true. Uh, yeah, it's. Oh yeah, I guess it's kind of. Yeah. Well, some people like to listen to the spoiler section and don't really care about spoilers, and yeah, is going to it. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Um, everyone dies at the end. Do they? Everyone to Bruce. Oh. Actually, Alfred's still alive. <laughs> also, if we're talking like about that kind of stuff, Gordon is absolutely a lieutenant right now. Because hmm. he was Lieutenant Gordon when he uh, saved uh, or helped Bruce. Oh, uh, yep. I think yep. so. So he was. I remember N- my... Yeah, wasn't he? No, I think he was a beat cop. Because I think he was, he was lieutenant when Batman started to be a thing, because Lieutenant or Commissioner Loeb was still around right. when Batman started. Loeb went down, Gordon stepped up. So he was right. Lieutenant when Batman showed up. There's no way he's been Lieutenant for like 20 years. Right. So he was definitely a beat cop at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, shall we? We shall. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening to this. I don't know how long it is because I didn't start my timer because we don't do that for reviews. Um, if you liked this, then you will also possibly like our regular podcast episodes. It released every Sunday at noon. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> the last one did. Yeah. The last two did. Uh, no, the one two ago released at like one thirty. Oh, fuck Matt. Cause I forgot about it until after church. Damn it, Matt. Uh, but that's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. And Spotify. That's I said SoundCloud first, and I thought I said Spotify first. Uh, and Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Um, and also any other um, podcasts you or podcast uh, apps you might listen to if you're listening to it on this. If there's anything you want to if, – if there's any podcast app you want us to get onto, let us know, and we will do that. Um, you can reach us. Uh, you can comment on our stupid pictures of – uh, me making fun of comics or Matt taking pictures of Russian people, uh, on our Instagram. I like Russian people. What can I say? Uh, at just us losers pod. Uh, we are on Facebook. Just fucking look us up. Um, Twitter at Justice losers pod. Haven't posted a whole lot there lately. Uh, we have a Gmail for your, if you have any theories about, uh, how this movie was a, uh, if you want to elaborate or change how this movie was a uh, social commentary on our current economic crisis or uh, political upheavals, uh, you can send it to our Gmail for longer texts. Uh, or, just... or if you want to explain how it's secretly an Aquaman prequel. Yes. Because Joker or, ends up being Aquaman's dad. Or, or if this movie 
is very close to the Bionicle world. There we go. Yeah, if you have a Bionicle theory about it, uh, justusloserspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to send in a whole review, because I actually want to write a review for this one. I haven't written a review in like six months, and my typing fingers are getting itchy again. But I'm also really tired, so someone send a review to justusloserspod at gmail.com that I can plagiarize. Also send nudes. Anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> How's the single life treating you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all of our social things. Hope so. That's usually the, all the ones I say. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it. Uh, if there's any other movies you guys want us to review, uh, we are more than welcome to... Uh, uh, or we, I say we are more than welcome to. Um, you guys are more than welcome to let us know what movies you want to review. We kind of choose which movies we're going to uh, do... Based on if it's just a pod, like a popular comic book or something, pop culture movies. But if you guys want us to see like Knives Out, which we're probably going to see anyway, and review that. Uh, I just got finger guns from Matt from across the room. <laughs> uh, any movies you guys want us to review, anything that seems interesting to you, we will go and see it and review it as long as you pass. Uh, and I. Oh yeah, tell us to watch The Lighthouse and review it so we can go see Lighthouse and review it and say we're doing it for the podcast. Uh, that's tax write-off, right? That's not. We're not a business. Uh, anyway, I think that's basically it. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> Matt did my joke. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do everything backwards. <laughs> <laughs>